All right. Let's get started here. Praise God. Oh, I want us to start. And let's let's go to. Uh, I want to go to. Oh, we're going to go to First Corinthians chapter fifteen first. And oh, oh, this is just a letter. It's nothing. It's it's not a book which says the book of. Open your Bible to the book. It was a letter. Well, look from too right there. Okay, but anyway, that's First Corinthians chapter one. It was. From Paul, of course, and it's to the Christians in Corinth. Okay, that's the reason we have it today. So what's good for them is good for us. So let's go to the, whoops, hang on. Let's just go to, uh, we'll do it this way, all the way to the 15th chapter. Oh, like again, uh, like again, I like to say, this is, uh, the faster you can read it sometime, the better. You could actually read it uh, pretty quick because like I say, I mean, Paul didn't write a letter to take a year for this church to read. He also didn't, send it to them for them to say, this is good Sunday school material. No, there was a some questions and answers that he put in there and expected a response back from them from it. So it was very important. But anyway, 1 Corinthians, they chop it up into chapters, makes it easy to find this because I knew where it was based on this chapter here. This is some things about what we like to call the resurrection. So let's look at this. Oh, uh, Now, notice this. In English, you wouldn't start with now. I'm just trying to emphasize this was one long letter Worthy of reading all in one setting. Anyway, now let me remind you, brothers, of what the gospel really is. Ooh, I always wanted to know. Now, remember, we always think good, good news. Yeah, it's good news. That's what that word gospel is referring to. It's good news. For it has not changed. It's the same, and there he goes, good news. It's the same word. I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and still do now, for your faith is squarely built upon this wonderful message. What's the message? Here it is. And this is the good news that saves you if you still firmly believe. Look at this. What can I do to be saved? You know, there was somebody in the book of Acts, a story there. The guy hollered out, what can I do to be saved? A big earthquake. He was the jailer, the bailiff, whatever you want to call him, sheriff. Earthquake had hit. He was responsible for all those prisoners. And what must I do to be saved? Paul didn't say, well, do this, this, this. No, he just said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. So here it is. <clears throat> oh, unless, of course, you really never believed it in the first place. So see, it's your believing. It's not your doing. It's your, okay, here. I passed on to you right from the first what had been told me, that Christ died for our sins. Now think about that. Because it's like, if somebody asked me, why, why did Christ die? We should know this. He died for my sins. It's, it's not, a, God chose the foolishness of preaching to save the world. So at all levels, we can get this. Why did he die? A Christian should not not know this. Because, like I say, we're, Christians should feed on the Word of God. We believe the Bible. We look at the Bible. We get our information from the Bible. This is why. He died for our sins. Just as the scripture said he would. Remember, before Jesus died, he had a, a dinner with his disciples and he took the cup and he said, well, also he said he took the bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. But then when he mentioned the blood, this is my blood, it's shed for the remission of sins. Or in other words, remission is a big word. We've got to catch the third graders, you know, in the church too. They've got to understand. He died for our sins, our mistakes, you know. You know, once you get, if you've done something wrong, you've got to, Fess up to your parents. You got to face the music, we say. <laughs> Go talk to your daddy. Oh, well, that's what he did. That's when he went to the cross for us. He talked to our daddies for us. Okay. He died for our sins, just as the scripture said he was, and that he was buried. So he said he died. We know the cross. He died. 
And that three days, you know what it's going to say here, later he arose. It's amazing. Some people, you know, trying to be friends with the scientific community and the medical community and whatever. Well, well, well that's debatable. This is not. Let's just read it because all the questions about this are answered right here. Because if he didn't, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we're doomed. We're going to, oh, well, we can just face it. And he's actually going to say in this chapter, we might as well eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. What's the purpose? Well, no, wait, we need to be holy. Why be holy if it's over with, you know? No, we're going to live forever, praise God, because it's a hero. Back up. So, on the, so just as the scripture said he would, he died for our sins, and that he was buried, and that three days afterward he arose from the grave. Just look at this, just as the prophets foretold. Who's that? People in the Old Testament said it over and over again. David said it in the book of Psalms. Thou will not leave my soul in hell, nor shall thy holy one see corruption, which is quoted in the, which is in the book of Acts. How can you say his holy one won't see corruption? Well, it was talking about somebody dying and their flesh wasn't going to go ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Where did that come from? Anyway, here we go. Just as the prophets foretold, for he was seen by Peter and later on by the rest of the twelve. I will not believe, Thomas said, unless I see the nail prints in his hands. Remember the story? <laughs> Jesus shows up and he says, look, stick your finger in my hands, you know, and place your hand in the hole in my side. Boy, Thomas said, my Lord, my God, you know, Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe, which would be us. We didn't see it. We just believe it. Here we go. After that, he was seen more than, uh, by, by more than 500 Christian brothers at one time. Look at that. Wow. Most of whom are still alive, though some have died by now. Then James saw him, and later on, the apostles, uh, uh, excuse me, all the apostles, look at this, last of all, I saw him too. Long after the others, that was in the book of Acts chapter uh, 9. As though uh, I had been born almost too late for this. For I am the least worthy of all the prophets. And I shouldn't have even been called a prophet after all the way I treated the church of God. Yeah, he had people killed. He was standing there when Stephen in Acts chapter 7 was stoned. They laid all their coats at Saul's feet. Okay. No different than any of us. Let's don't pass up this again. He said, I shouldn't even be called an apostle and least worthy. We got whiny Christians sometimes going, well, God won't do nothing for me. But Paul claimed the bottom of the barrel and he got all this so we can get it too. Anyway, whatever I am now, oh, this is a great verse. Whatever I am now, it's because God poured out such kindness and grace upon me. In other words, the King James says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Okay. And he goes on, he says, uh, and without, and not without results, for I have worked harder than all the other apostles, yet actually I wasn't doing it, but God working in me. That's, all these things are just so wonderful. It's just like when you come to church, you're reminded with your Christian brothers and sisters, you talk, you talk back and forth, unless we all talk horror stories. I mean, we were kidding about the horror movies, but I'm just saying, if we all talk downers, oh, you're so depressed. But when you hear Paula mention something or Bob mention something or any of us in this room, Janet, myself, or whoever, or Laura, we're just telling each other about what the Lord did for us. Praise God. Look what it does for us. So it wasn't I that was doing it, but God working in me to bless me. It makes no difference who worked the hardest. 
our day, the importantest thing is that we preach the gospel and you believed it. What was that gospel? He died, he rose again, and that saves you. Okay. But tell me this. Look at this. Since you believe what we preach, that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that dead people will never come back to life again? Well, Richard, let's be real. Now, wait a minute. Let's keep reading here. There were people shaking up the church here saying this. For if, look at this, for if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ must still be dead. And if still dead, then all our preaching is useless and your trust in God is empty, worthless, and hopeless. And I know some Christian brothers who think, no, 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 it's not because all they do is preach psychology. We'd be good to people. Now slow down on that divorce. I mean, we need to think about this thing. It's all people, relationships, and everything. They don't have any idea that Jesus went to the cross to die for humanity. Man. Anyway, and we apostles, they were all liars since we said God raised Christ from the dead. And of course, that isn't true. If the dead not come back to life again, see, he's not talking about, well, it's wonderful that Jesus died and rose again, but the rest of us are stuck in the mud. Oh, no, we're not. If he rose, we're going to rise. Praise God. Here we go. So here we go. If they don't, then Christ is still dead. And you are very foolish to keep on trusting God to save you, and you're still under condemnation for your sins. Yikes. So now you can see why it's so wonderful on Easter we celebrate that Christ rose from the dead because that's what happened. When he rose, our sins were covered. In that case, all Christians who have died are lost. Thank God it's not true. And if being a Christian is value to us only in this life, look at that. Let's catch that phrase first before we get to this part. Because right now we're talking about how great Jesus is. He's been such a wonderful help. But notice what he says. If he's just valuable to us in this life, we are the most miserable of creatures. And that's true. I mean, I don't I think we're all over fifty here in this church this morning. How much time do we have left? Well, we don't know, but God's gonna or He's gonna extend our lives and whatever best He He, he can, whatever. Praise God. But one day, the clock's going to stop. <laughs> well, what about that? Well, we don't want to leave it up to chance, and we don't want to leave it up to, like I say, let's Google it, and don't leave it up to what your favorite movie is and what they portray it is. They are clueless. They have no idea. But the Bible does. But the fact, of, the fact is that Christ did actually rise from the dead and has become the first of millions who will come back to life again someday. Remember, the scripture says that Jesus recorded, uh, he said one time, he said, the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and will come out, you know. Wow. All right, here we go. Death came into the world. Ah, come on, please, Richard. You can't keep going back to Genesis. Let me tell you, the Bible and the people that wrote this, this was just like, I mean, they could actually go see Noah's Ark. Josephus said you could walk over there to Mount Ararat. It was over there. Which commonplace. Death came into the world because of what one man, Adam, did. Look at that. Death came because of him, not because of what Phil did or Richard did. We added to it, but it didn't matter. I was tainted already. Death came into the world because of what one man did. Why are you saying that? Because you can believe in salvation when you quit thinking about how you can save yourself. One man was responsible for you going to hell. And one man's going to be responsible for you going to heaven. 
don't make it hard here. It's because of what this other man, Christ, has done that now there is the resurrection from the dead. Everyone dies because, of, because all of us are related to Adam. We're amoebas. We just evolved. Oh, man. No, you didn't. Talk about evolving. There's no record of anything evolving. Nothing from a frog went to a human. You've got variations of frogs, but they're always a frog, always a dog. Anyway, uh, it's because of what the other man Christ has done that now there is a resurrection from the dead. Everyone dies because all of us are related to Adam. Yeah. Being members of his sinful race. Wow. And wherever there is sin, death results. But all who are related to Christ will rise again. Oh, yeah, I can, I can get that. Uh, each, however, in his own turn, Christ rose first. Then when Christ comes back, all his people will become alive again. Now, he's, he's referring to your body here. Your spirit's already gone with him if, after that. You'll see this. After the dead, uh, excuse me, after, the end, after that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God, having put down all, uh, uh, let's see, enemies of every kind. See, that's where we are right now. All the enemies of every kind are not down yet. And you think, well, golly gee, why don't he just wrap this up? No, even think about it. It's always the obvious. It's all about family. The longer God waits, the more family he has. Aren't you glad he waited till 2022 for us? <laughs> or whenever you were born? 1960? I'm glad he waited till 1960, you know. I'd have never been around. Okay, for Christ will be king until he has defeated all his enemies. See, there's some enemies out there. That's right. Well, I thought the world was paradise. No. When Jesus died, he told that thief on the cross dying with him, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't say, this is paradise here. All right. Uh, for the rule, let's see, here we go. Where are we at? Verse 27. For the rule and authority over all things has been given to Christ by his Father. Except, of course, Christ does not rule over the Father himself. Who gave him this power to rule? When Christ has finally won the battle against all his enemies, then he, the Son of God, will put himself under his Father's orders so that God, who has given him the victory over... All things, I think is what it is. Uh, everything else will be utterly supreme. Now, he comes back to this. If the dead will not come back to life again, then what point is there? People being baptized for those who are gone. Why do it unless you believe the dead will someday rise? You know, think about that one, baptism. Buried with Christ in baptism, I would say, raised to walk in newness of life. Well, we might as well just leave them underwater because <laughs> you're not coming up. And why should we? Are, look at this. Why should we ourselves be continually risking our lives, facing death hour by hour? See, Paul was under, remember, Paul used to be persecuting the Christians, and then all of a sudden he goes, you know what, I was wrong. And all of a sudden now he's, pre and they wanted to kill him. In the book of Acts, they're trying to kill him. They let him out in a basket out of a wall, you know, one time. They stoned him in the book of Acts. Look what he says, well, why should I do that? Well, wait a minute, you do that because God wants you to do, 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 do. Oh, Excuse me, if it's just in this life only, it ain't worth it. But we know, praise God, because of the love of God and everything, he is, what is it that you don't think the Lord uh, could reach you with his love in what area? I mean, if you stop a minute and ask the Lord, find out the Lord will reach you in every every, every area of your life. I just can't come up with the right words to Say it other than all. Why should we ourselves be continually risking our lives, facing death every hour? 
Paul even said in Timothy, facing lions like Daniel. Okay. He said, I was saved from the lion's mouth. Wow. For in a fact, for it is a fact that I face death daily. Yeah. That is as true as my pride in your, excuse me, that is as true as my pride in your growth in the Lord. And what value was there in fighting, there it is, wild beasts, uh, those men of Ephesus, if, uh, if it was only for what I gained in this life. In other words, if I get killed, what, 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 how good was that? Uh, well, it, anyway, if we never live again after we die, then we, look at that. We might as well, can you believe this is in the Bible? Paul, don't say this. No, because he was so red-faced and angry about this. People going around saying, there's no resurrection. Well, Jesus is resurrected because he's God, but the rest of us are doomed. Oh. If we will never live again after we die, then we might as well go and have ourselves a good time. Let us eat, drink, and be merry. What's the difference? For tomorrow we die, and that ends everything. And that is a terrific point. And sometimes my background's Baptist, and all we taught was going to heaven. It's almost the same thing, you know. Well, we're going to heaven, but down here we don't have any help. Jesus won't help you do anything. Baloney, baloney, baloney. He will too. All right, here we go. Uh, don't be fooled by those who say such things. If you listen to them, you'll start acting like them. Yeah. And that's talking about your head too. You've got to go back. I'll, I'll never forget. All of a sudden, my sister, when I'm 30 years old, I think she was, yeah, I was 30, she was 32. She died. You talk about rattling my cage. I started thinking about death, even though I'm a preacher. We all have to read the Bible. Not because I'm a preacher do I get these things. Man, and I remember I went real quick and I was looking. Scriptures, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Philippians said this. That's in Corinthians. Paul wrote that. Philippians, Paul wrote this and he said, to depart to be with Christ is far better. When you leave here, to be with Christ is far better. You can't get these people to come back once they get there. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Yeah, can't blame them. Don't be fooled. If you listen to them, you'll start acting like them. Get some sense and quit your sinning. For it's a shame, I say it, some of you are not even Christians at all, have never really known God. In other words, in other words they've been toying around with this. Well, there's no resurrection. Yes, there is. He didn't quit. But someone may ask, oh, well, how will the dead be brought back to life again? What kind of bodies will they have? Now, remember, he's writing to this church. And we can have smarty pants, even us can be thinking that. We go, yeah, but Richard, it just doesn't make sense. I think the disciples started that rumor that Jesus was resurrected and he wasn't. Think, why would those rascals risk their life for preaching from then forward based on a lie? It's scripture already said after Jesus died, they were so scared they ran for cover. What, all of a sudden they had a little meeting, a deacon meeting and said, we can start a new religion. Not possible. Not possible. Mm -mm. Anyway, some of them say, well, how are the dead going to be brought back to life again? What kind of bodies will they have? Almost like the Sadducees. Yeah, this guy married so-and-so, and he died. His brother married her. Then his next brother married her. His next brother married her. Whose wife will she be? What a foolish question. You'll find the answer in your own garden. Jump back. Wait a minute. Think about it. This really is magical. I don't care what... Uh, we'll just give Auburn credit for their agricultural stuff, but I don't care what it is. They cannot explain it. Oh, they can say what happened day one, day two, day three, germination, whatever. Why does it say in a, on the shelf and not do anything? Some, why is it when you drop it in the ground? What's going on here? 
Here we go. You'll find the answer in your own garden. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into, uh, into a plant unless it dies first. And when the green shoot comes up out of the seed, it's very different from the seed you planted. Yeah, it is very, isn't it interesting? It's got a point there. Yeah. For, uh, for all you put into the ground is a dry little seed of wheat uh, or whatever it is you are planting. Then God gives it a beautiful new body, just the kind he wants it to have. A different kind of plant grows from each kind of seed. And just as there are different kinds of seeds and plants, so there are different kinds of flesh. Human, animals, fish, birds, all are different. The angels in heaven have bodies. Okay, far different from ours. And the beauty and the glory of their bodies is different from the beauty and glory of ours. The sun has one kind of glory. The moon and stars have another kind. The stars differ from each other in their beauty and brightness. In the same way, our earthly bodies, which die and decay, see, we're familiar with this. Ooh, we got people that uh, they get cremated or whatever. But even if they're not cremated, it's still, if you dug them up, they've been dead for a long time. It's woo, a dusty material type stuff. In the same way, our bodies will die and decay and are different from the bodies that we shall have when we come back to life. For they will never die. The bodies we have now embarrass us, for they become sick and die. But they will be full of glory when we come back to life again. Yes, they are weak, dying bodies, referring to us now. But when we live again, they'll be full of strength. They're just human bodies at death. But when they come back to life, they'll be superhuman bodies. Just as there are natural human bodies, there are supernatural spiritual bodies. The scripture tells us, here we are again, going right back to Genesis. The scriptures tell us, that the first man, Adam, was given a natural human body, but Christ is more than that, for he was a life-giving spirit. First, we have these human bodies, and later on, God gives spiritual heavenly bodies. Adam was from the dust of the earth, but Christ, he was from heaven, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, every human has a body just like Adam's made from the dust, but all who become Christ will have the same kind of body as his, a body from heaven. Yeah. Just as each one of us has a body like Adam's, so shall we someday have a body like Christ. I tell you this, my brothers, an earthly body made of flesh and blood cannot get into God's kingdom. These perishable bodies of ours are not the right kind to, to live forever. But I'm telling you this strange and wonderful secret. Behold, I tell you a mystery. This is that verse. We shall not all die, but we shall be given new bodies. It'll all happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown, there will be a trumpet blast from the sky and all the Christians who have died will suddenly become alive with new bodies that will never either decay or perish, whatever it is. Yeah, never die. And those who are still alive, let's say he did it today, shall suddenly have new bodies. All of a sudden we'll be changed. For our earthly bodies, the ones we have now, that can die, must be transformed into heavenly bodies that can never perish uh, but will live forever. When this happens, that last scripture will come true. Think about this, because see, we still have death down here. Urgh. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? For sin, uh, for sin, the sting that causes death will be gone, and the law which reveals our sins will no longer be our judge. How we thank God for all this, it is he who makes us victorious, look at this, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it totally, we're totally set apart from all other religions because of the resurrection. 
It was not something to kind of make us look good. So my dear brothers, since future victory is sure, be strong. I love this. Be strong, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted as it would be if there were no resurrection. Man, man. you give a cup of water even to a child. Praise God. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you'll get your reward. Let me go to Revelation just a moment here. Let's look at this. Oh... Revelation chapter 1, let's see, when all of a sudden he sees Jesus. Yeah, Jesus says this, I am the A and the Z, Alpha and Omega, okay. The beginning and the end, the all-powerful one, the one who is and who was is coming again. Let me skip down here. Uh, oh, no, there, 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 hang on there. Yeah, okay, here we go. Let me keep going just a little bit. Uh, <coughs> he saw Jesus. He said this guy looked like Jesus, it was. His hair was white. Okay, let's see. Let me skip down again. When I saw him, I fell as I was dead, you know. He said, don't be afraid. Look at this. Though I am the first and last, the living one who died, who is now alive forevermore and has the keys of death and hell. Don't be afraid. Let me jump ahead. Look at the, the uh, he's right. The Lord's still talking here. He's saying, hey, send this note to this church. Send this note to this church. Look down here at verse 8. Uh, this message is uh, from him who is the first and last. Look at this. Who was dead and who came back to life. Look over here at the book of John here. It's chapter 12. Oh, let me jump in it here somewhere. There it is. Look at this. Let me back into it a little bit. Verse 20. Crowds and crowds of people. Jesus, this was before he, this is before the... The Anyway, the Pharisees and them grabbed him and Pilate, like the day before. Some Greeks who came to Jerusalem to attend the Passover paid visit to Philip, who was from Bethany and said, Sir, hey, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it, and they went to ask Jesus. Remember, there's crowds everywhere. The kids were already screaming that, you know, about the son of David and Hosanna to his name, and the Pharisees were saying, tell these guys to be quiet. You hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, if they don't praise me, the rocks are going to cry out. So that's the setting. He replied at that time, this is key, at that time had come for him to return to his glory in heaven. What? Oh, he's going to die. And when you die, you're going to go to heaven. No, that's not. He's going to die, resurrect, and then he's going to ascend into heaven. That's what's going to play out. But notice what he says. And that I must fall and die like a kernel of wheat that falls in the furrows of the earth. Even Jesus mentioned this right here. He's telling them, they don't get it, but he's telling them, unless I die, I will be alone, a single seed. But my death will produce many new wheat kernels, a, har a plentiful harvest of new lives. If you love your life down here, you're going to lose it. If you despise yours, then you'll exchange it for eternal glory. If these Greeks want to be my disciples, tell them to come follow me, for my servants must be where I am. I mean, why would he want to say where I am, and yet we don't get the resurrection? Oh, we get it. Uh, let's jump over here to Matthew just a moment. Uh, Matthew chapter 16. Yeah, 16. Let's jump in it right here somewhere. Oh, uh, They were saying, oh, uh, uh, let's see.
Uh, yeah, look at verse 13. Jesus, when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who, who's everybody saying I am? What, who do they think I am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist, because John had already died. They killed him. And some say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah. Or of the other prophets. Look at all that stuff you can track historically. We have records of them. Well, then he said, well, who do you think I am? Well, Simon, man, you know his answer. Man, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Well, he says, you know, the Lord blessed you with that knowledge. I want to skip that. Look at this. Then he warned his disciples against telling others that he was the, he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began to speak plainly to his disciples about going to Jerusalem. Look at this. And what would happen? He would suffer at the hands of the Jewish leaders. He would be killed. And that three days later, he would be raised back to life. Or he'd be raised to life. Well, of course, Peter was saying, hey, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> Jesus said it was. Let me skip ahead. It shows up again in the 20th chapter. Let's go down here to it. Oh. Yeah, look at this. Verse 17. And as Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem... He took the 12 aside and talked to them about what would happen to him when they arrived. I will be betrayed, look at this, to the chief priest and the other Jewish leaders. They will condemn me to die and they'll hand me over to the Roman government. Look at this, and I will be mocked and crucified and the third day I will rise to life again. Wow, okay. Let me look at one in John here because all this is grouped together. Each one of these books here. Oh, where's Lazarus? Here we go. Jesus is going to go, you know, to Lazarus' house. Lazarus was already dead. Notice what he says. Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. This will give me another opportunity, give you another opportunity to believe in me. Come on, let's go to him. Look at this. Thomas, well, let me back up just a hair. Oh. Yeah, they said, uh, oh, the disciples said, hey, look, if he's just asleep, whatever. He said, they, the master, they said only a few days ago, the Jewish leaders in Judea were trying to kill you. Are you going to go there again? <laughs> and he says, well, you can walk during the daytime and you're fine. That's what he says, that you can walk safely, whatever. Anyway, I just wanted you to see what, uh, oh. Uh, Look at, so Thomas goes and says, <laughs> I mean, think about that. He goes, well, let's go with him <laughs> and die with him. Hmm. I mean, just, he's just being honest. He thought they're going to kill us. You know, they knew it. Oh. Okay, let's go back to, uh, oh, well, one more, one more spot here about these three days. 24, let me jump in here. Oh. Oh, it's back. Here we go. That same day, now remember, they, they don't know Jesus is resurrected. They don't even know Jesus has walked up to them. The same day, Sunday, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles out of Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking of Jesus' death. Notice they weren't talking about his resurrection because they thought it was over with. When suddenly Jesus himself came along and joined them. 
Don't think he's not doing that with you and I today. Man, we have no idea. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us, and there's a good picture of it right there. Behold, I stand at the door. Didn't I tell you where he's at? And that's written to Christians. It's written to you and I when we feel like we're at our wit's end. I was telling somebody, it's just, I got some young kids in the neighborhood, and it's just wonderful to hear kids laughing and carrying on. And I could hear them down there, and I thought, okay, Jesus said I'm supposed to be like that, you know. Because we can get overwhelmed with our problems, you know. And I hear those kids down there. <laughs> if those kids only knew, they still go back to playing. But, you know, they're kids. They're not. And Jesus is trying to tell us to act like kids. Jesus didn't want, <laughs> he didn't want us worrying. He didn't want these guys worrying. That's why he joined up with them. Look what their subject was. They were talking about it. Uh, let's see, uh, they were talking of Jesus' death. When suddenly Jesus came along, he joined them, began walking beside them, but they didn't recognize him, for God kept it from them, which is good. Yeah, because Jesus is going to make them do a little homework here. They should have believed, just like us. Here's Jesus. Uh, you seem to be in deep discussion about something. <laughs> what are you concerned about? Now, what's funny is, of course, they didn't know it, but that's Jesus. He's resurrected. He's got a real body. So much to look forward to because he's there. We already saw that the gospel is he died for our sins. He, were, he rose again the third day. And if you believe that, you're saved. They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. One of them, Cleo, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, the only person that's Jesus. <laughs> Who hasn't heard of the terrible things that have happened there last week. Oh, what things? Can you imagine that? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. They said he was a prophet who did incredible miracles and was a mighty teacher, highly regarded by both God and man. That's the reason don't throw out your miracles. His miracles are for you today. Anyway, the chief priests and our religious leaders arrested him, handed over him to the Roman government to be condemned to death, and then crucified him. Boom, end of story. Ah, that was not the end of the story. And this guy who disguised himself, Jesus, he's going to pick it up from here and take him to the cleaners. We thought he was the glorious Messiah and came to rescue Israel. Yeah, they were thinking about an earthly king. A lot of good that had done you. Think about that. If Jesus didn't take care of the sin problem and the death problem, it don't matter what's going to happen political. Paul just wrote about it. Well, if that's all politics is about, we may as well just forget it. <laughs> Let's just shoot our nuclear weapons and get it over with. And now, besides all this, look at this phrase. Three days ago, some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, came back with an amazing report that his body was missing. And that he was seen by some angels who told him Jesus is alive. Well, they're half-hearted about this whole thing. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, Jesus' body was gone, just as the women said. Then Jesus said to them, you are such foolish, foolish people. <laughs> no, well, now, wait a minute. Who's this clown comes up to us? But they were listening. So hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would suffer all these things before entering into his time of glory? One of, one of the greatest chapters is Isaiah 53. Anyway, because in the book of Acts, 
there's an Ethiopian eunuch riding in a chariot, and Philip is on foot. And the Lord had said, join yourself to that chariot. Well, he heard him reading, scroll, I guess, whatever. He heard him reading the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. And Philip's walking along and saying, hey, you understand what you're reading? And the guy goes, how can I understand this without some help? And Philip came up in there, and, the, and the, he explained that about Jesus dying, and then he rose again. It's in Isaiah 53. When you read the last couple of verses, it says, oh, I'll just show you. The last part of Isaiah, because notice Jesus is very blunt here. Why is it so hard to believe the prophets and all the scriptures? We'll come right back to this, Luke 24. Then we got to wrap this up. But anyway, watch this. Uh, Isaiah, where was Isaiah? There, was, uh, there you are, Isaiah uh, 53. But who? Uh, how few believe? Who will listen? To whom is the... Will God reveal his saving power? In God's eyes, he was a tender shoot. This is Jesus, look at that, sprouting from a root and dry, sterile ground. But in our eyes, there was no attractiveness at all, nothing to make us want him. We despised him, rejected him, a man of sorrows, acquainted with bitterness. We turned our backs on him on the cross, see that? Look the other way when he went by. He was despised, we didn't care. Yet our grief he bore, our sorrows were away. This is a cross. Uh, and we thought his troubles were punishment from God for his own sins. But he was wounded and bruised for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was lashed uh, and was lashed and we, were, and we were healed. In other words, by his stripes we're healed. We, every one of us, have strayed away like sheep. We who left God's path to follow our own. Yet God laid on him the guilt and sin, sins of every one of us. Now, it doesn't take a genius to see that's prophetical about Jesus, isn't it? He was oppressed. He was afflicted. He, yet he never said a word. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. Remember John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The book of Revelation, a lamb walked out behind the throne as though it had been slain. He stood silent as uh, before the ones condemning him. Remember, he didn't say anything to Pilate. From prison and trial, they led him away to his death. Now watch for the resurrection. See if you see it. But among the people of that day, uh, 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 but, but who among the people that they realized it was for their sins he was dying that he would suffer their punishment. <gasps> he was buried like a criminal, but in a rich man's grave. Oh, come on. This is getting too perfect. He was in a borrowed tomb, wasn't he? Look at this. But he had done no wrong. He had never spoken one evil word. But it was the Lord's good plan to bruise him, fill him with grief. Because it was a plan to rescue you and I. It's just like Ransom. We've seen so many movies. Pay the ransom or you're never going to get your daughter back. Okay. <laughs> Don't call the police. We've got to pay the ransom. That's what that is. However, look at this. When his soul has been made an offering for sin, see the time frame? When he shall have a multitude of children, many heirs, he shall live again. Yeah, three days. And God's program shall prosper in his hand. And when he sees all that he's accomplished by the anguish of his soul, he shall be satisfied. See, God is holy. And we lost it when Adam uh, was thrown out of the garden because of his disobedience, you know. Forever we were out. There's no way we could get back with God. And because of what he experienced, that's Jesus, my righteous servant shall make, oh, mercy, shall make many be counted righteous before God. No, I got to be good. I, mm -mm. For he shall bear all their sins. Therefore, I will give him the honors of one who is mighty and great. Because See, he's king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. 
Just like we read in the 15th chapter, that's where Paul was getting that. The time's going to come. All things going to be handed over to Jesus. Okay, real. Because he poured out his soul unto death. Remember, and I was listening to, uh, oh, what's that song? Oh, it was, uh, I'd rather have Jesus. Uh, it says, but one day I saw him on, 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 all alone on his road to pain and agony. Just for me, he suffered. What a price he paid. And you see that in the garden. He went a stone's throw away. They think he's still hearing, but they were still sleepy. Whatever. And they said, Lord, if it's any other way possible, yet not my will, but thine, you know. Jesus paid a price for us. Therefore, I'll give him the honors of one who is mighty and great. He poured out his soul unto death. He was counted, look at this, as a sinner. He became sin that we might, oh, there it is. And he bore the sins of many and he pled with sinners. Remember, there was no markers, no nothing. We've got to go to the next chapter, but let's act like there was no chapter. Act like it's the next sentence. Look at this. He bore the sins of many, pled with uh, God for sinners. Sing, oh, childless woman. <laughs> Break out into loud and joyful song, for she who was abandoned has more blessings now than the woman who has got a husband. Enlarge your house. Build additions. Spread out your home, for you'll soon be bursting out at the seams. I mean, good grief. Praise God. Hallelujah. And your descendants, they're going to possess this. And this is, this is that great, so shall my word be. Look at this. Fear not, you'll no longer live in shame. Shame of your youth, sorrows of your widowhood will be remembered no more. For your creator will be your husband. The Lord Almighty is, can you imagine that? That's pretty doggone close if you're now holy wedlock. He's your redeemer, the holy one of Israel, the God of all the earth. For the Lord's called you back from your grief, a young wife abandoned by her husband. For a brief moment I abandoned you. That's the cross. But with great compassion I'll take you back. And then he's going to mention Noah here. In a moment of anger I turned my face for a while. That was Jesus on the cross. But with everlasting love I'll have pity on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Just as in the time of Noah I swore I would never permit the waters to flood or to cover the earth and destroy it. So now look at this. I swear I will never again pour out my anger against you. What? I know I aggravate the Lord all the time. No, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You can't be believing that. Jesus took your anger for you. The mountains depart, the hills disappear, but my kindness will not leave you. My promise of peace will, be you, will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. <laughs> this is the great chapter. This one here, I'll just jump to it. It says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. See? But in that day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. Ah. Oh. All right, here we go. Wrap it all up. So Matthew. Oops, goes Malachi. Oops, hang on. Malachi. Let's go to Matthew. We use Matthew. Matthew. Goes pretty quick. It's the very last chapter because that's, that's it. Early on Sunday morning. Remember, they're all, it's over with. It's over. Remember, the road to Emmaus, pick up that story. They finally, they asked that guy, hey, did you eat with us tonight? So, Okay. So he ate with him, and, and all of a sudden he did the blessing, and all of a sudden he changed his appearance. They knew he was Jesus. And as soon as they saw him, he disappeared. And they looked at each other, and they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? And guess what those two guys did? They hightailed it back to Jerusalem, which was only probably a couple-hour walk. Early the next Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, this is that third day, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, two Marys, went out to the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. 
For an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat upon it. Now think about it. There was an earthquake when he died. That would have been three days before. And you know, if it was on the news, CNN reporting an earthquake magnitude of six point something, you know, it wasn't like, well, I don't remember we had. They remembered three days ago. And now they got another earthquake. All these wonderful signs. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat upon it. His face shone like lightning. Now get that. Have you ever watched this? It's like, it's like looking at a flash bulb. Anyway, his clothes was brilliantly white. The guards, oh yeah, those guards were sent there by the Pharisees saying, they asked Pilate if we could get a guard because these clowns, they might steal him because they said he's going to, look, the disciples didn't need to help in the resurrection. <laughs> the guards shook with fear when they saw him and fell into a dead faint. The angel spoke to the woman. Hey, don't be frightened. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus. <laughs> you can forget it. He ain't here. Who was crucified? He isn't here. He's come back to life again, just as he said he would. Now, remember 20 years later when Paul wrote this, if this didn't happen, he said, what am I doing? This is the dumbest thing. And remember, he actually met Jesus himself. He was on his way to kill some more Christians. And <laughs> remember the road to Damascus? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? <laughs> it's hard to kick against the pricks, you know. Come in and see where his body was lying. Why don't you come in and see the Lord? He's still dead. No, he's, matter of fact, other, John's gospel says they saw the head shroud over there. It's concrete. How did he get out of that thing? The Bible says John saw that and believed. Believed what? Believe, well, I saw it. He didn't believe that he saw it. He believed he was resurrected. This is kind of freaky. Yeah, it was. Go now quickly and tell his disciples he's risen from the dead and that he's gone into uh, to Galilee and meet him there. That's my message. Yeah, I, I want to point out again, just as he said he would. He told him, three days, three days, I'll be back. Three days, three days. That's my message to him. Now watch what happens next. The woman ran from the tomb, badly frightened, I guess so, but also filled with joy. And they rushed to find the disciples to give them the angel's message. And as they were running, as they were running one of the most beautiful stories I've ever seen right here, <laughs> suddenly Jesus was in front of them. Now, you got to get this in our language. I love the Living Bible here because the King James says, all hail, like Jesus, all hail. <laughs> what? We don't say that today. <laughs> He's like, this would be common language. Good morning. Woo, golly. And they fell to the ground before him, holding his feet and worshiping him. Oh, man. Jesus said, hey, don't be frightened. Go tell my brother. Go tell him what? Then I'm up. Okay. To leave it once for Galilee. See, they were in Jerusalem for the Passover feast, and now they're going to hightail it and go back home. And meet me there. Praise God. And as they were on their way into the city, some of the temple police who had been guarding the tomb, they went to the chief priest. Apparently, they woke up at that point, and they told him what happened. What do you mean, told him what happened? They told him what happened. They said, that was this scary-looking angel, man. Jesus wasn't there. A meeting of the Jewish leaders was called, and it was decided to bribe the priest, the police, and say that they had been asleep when Jesus' body uh, that when Jesus' disciples came in during the night and stole his body, and it's going to say this story has been going on forever, whatever. Uh, right. If the governor hears about it, the council promised we'll stand up for you and everything will be all right. So the police accepted the bribe and said, they, and said what they were told. 
Their story spread widely among the Jews, and it's still believed by them to this very day. Then the eleven left for Galilee, going to a mountain where they said they would find him. And they met him there in worship, but some of them still wasn't sure it was really Jesus. You can go read these other stories. Like Thomas was, you know, they, I mean, you just got to take it. They, they, this flipped them out. But this is when Jesus says, he's fixing to be ascended right here. Other time was spent. Remember, he was seen by 500. And other, we're just going to wrap this up. I have been given authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then what happened to him? Okay. And teaching them to observe... Uh, teaching these disciples to observe all the commands I've given them and be sure of this. Look at this. I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Well, you mean the end of you. You died, you're gone. No, he said, I'm with you. I'm with you. Boy, I tell you what. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We know you are resurrected from the dead. You are with us. Hallelujah. There's no doubt. Praise God, you're with us. You're on the inside of us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. You're walking with us. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, Praise God, all the people you healed, you'll heal us too. We grant you permission to heal our bodies. Make us well in Jesus' name. We trust you. Even though we can't see you, we know you're there. Father, we thank you. It's true financially too. If we're hurting financially, you'll take care of that. It's the same exact thing. Praise God. Same thing for any trouble we might be facing right now. Good times, bad times, whatever might be coming our way that's it's bothering us on our hearts. Lord, help us. Get us out. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others how great you are in our life and what it means to have Jesus as resurrected in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. That was good. Well, hallelujah. Good deal. Yeah, praise the Lord.